good to be home. Amen? Amen. Well, I think stay standing. Get ready to uh, welcome Pastor Chris. Uh, and we're going to do that. Like, I like that. It's like a standing ovation, but you're already standing. So it's just half the, half the honor. But he's going to come. You know, today's I Love My Church Sunday. And uh, it's, it's such a wonderful time at the beginning of the year where we can uh, look, at, look to the past and the present and the future and see where we're going as a church. So Pastor Chris is going to come and share with us about a bunch of that. So why don't you welcome him. Big shout as he comes. Whoa. Awesome. Uh, you guys can take your seats and you guys can take yours as well. Vision's a funny thing, you know. Plans are a funny thing. Goals are a funny thing. None of them, none of them are quite as exciting as what we just witnessed. You know, it's that, who, who, who really loves that, that, that song? Sort of upbeat and, and sort of, I'd like plans and purposes to be quite as funky as that, but who knows that sometimes they require a bit of work. Sometimes they require that we get into people's lives and have to be with them, helping them in, in the down times as well as the up times. Some of that's just not sexy. Some of it's just downright difficult. But all of it, if done with the right attitude, is incredibly rewarding. And the attitude that we have is that we're actually doing it because we're part of the kingdom of God and our Lord and Saviour is Jesus Christ. And so before I begin, let's, let's pray. Because I believe that any, any enterprise worth starting is worth starting in prayer. The trick that I've discovered is it can't end there. So we've got to start things right. And then we've got to actually do some hard work. So before I begin, come on, close your eyes. Let's lift our hands to heaven if you feel comfortable doing that. Lord, we welcome you here this morning. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is here in us and amongst us opening hearts, minds, freeing emotions, changing and transforming us as we hear your word, as we plan to build your kingdom. So Lord, we thank you for your, your, your presence, your guiding hand in our lives. And we're just here to lift up your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. So when it comes to loving your church, what, is, what does loving your church mean? I know for, for a number of us, we would like I Love My Church Sunday to actually be I Love My Church the way it is Sunday. Because <laughs> guess what? If you love the church, your church the way it is, nothing has to change. You can do what you did yesterday. Nothing will be different tomorrow. It'll just be the same as it was today. And although you know, I'm with you, I like comfort. I like knowing what's going to happen. Um, I, I'm not a fan of change, except that I know that without change, nothing changes. And I don't know about you, but I get bored <laughs> occasionally. And so we need to look at this year as a challenge. Now, it's 2020. That's a milestone year. 20, who, was, who was around for the millennium? You know, wasn't that an exciting time? It was 20 years ago. Who can believe it? So we're here, firstly, to honour the past. Secondly, we're here to celebrate the present. 
but we're also here to dream about our future. This is a year of celebration, and as Brendan said, it's February, it's well and truly begun. And so we need to get on with celebrating what we're a part of. And the great thing about what we're a part of, and we're going to hear from Pastor Phil in just a moment, and he's going to explain what we're a part of. But I think the key for us is to actually work out how we can be a part of what we're part of. So for, for, the, for the big picture, I'm going, to, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Phil. He's going to talk to us just for a, a couple of moments about the future of, of C3. Now, for those of you who don't know, Pastor Phil Pringle is the founder and president of the C3 movement, which started in Sydney, as he says, nearly 40 years ago, I think, this year. Uh, and so it, it's spread all over the world. And so he is in, in charge of uh, several hundred churches worldwide uh, and spreading this vision to every single continent uh, in the world. So uh, let's listen to what he has to say about the future of C3. Hey everyone, I'm so glad to be able to share our future vision with you. And so together we are building a future C3. And I find the Lord impressing on me how we can renovate and refresh this vision and even add to it about our hopes and our desires and aspirations for all that God has got for us as future C3. I'm gonna read it so that I don't miss anything. The C3 of the future will spread through the whole world. We will be in every nation on earth. We will be every color, every ethnicity, and every age. I'm believing for one million worshipers gathering in C3 congregations every weekend around the globe. We will also be 1,000 churches. Our aim is that we would be that by 2020, but if we don't manage to hit that goal by then, it's not a problem. We will still continue on to become 1,000 churches. Salvations of lost people will rise to new levels where we see the greatest harvest of souls in the history of C3. This will take place in many developing countries and in places where Christianity is openly opposed. The people in our congregations will be committed to the mission. They will work to disciple people everywhere. The C3 of the future will be vibrant colorful and energetic. Our leaders will span many ages, both young and old, men and women. We must be committed to raising, releasing, respecting and celebrating an entirely new generation of men and women of God. We will see a great revival amongst all ages, children, teenagers, young adults, families and our older generations. We will see a great revival amongst many nationalities right here in Australia right around the world. I also see pushback against the C3 of the future, but this will only cause growth, vitality, fruitfulness, and strength. This will call for our people to be strong in their ability to remain standing and their ability to remain true, loyal, and faithful in unity. The C3 of the future will rise from the grassroots of connect groups and small gatherings in neighborhoods then in congregations and multi-sites, then in major gatherings in auditoriums and stadiums. I see us with a momentum and traction from the Holy Spirit that will be unstoppable. All nationalities will stream into our churches. As we deliver the word of the Lord, the power of the Spirit will increase. People will be raised from the dead in our gatherings. People will visit us in particular seasons with signs and wonders. 
We need to make room for God when this happens. People will stream into the house of God because of the Word of God and the moving of the Holy Spirit. Most of our people will be everyday people like you and me. But I also see the C3 of the future reaching and including many highly influential people, business leaders, government leaders, people of wealth and influence will be reached from a grassroots connect level up. People will gather to the Lord Himself. They will gather to the salvation of lost people and the building of His church. This will call for big people, secure men and women who can think broadly and generously, not petty people with small minds who are easily threatened, but with big faith and wide grace. This will call for people who are not locked down into their own agenda, but who are able to be engaged in a purpose that is larger than all of us. There'll be a filtering as we move into the future. Some will move on, others will rise into position, and still others will seek to join us in increasing numbers. I see the caliber of our church rising with great leadership and firm standards of belonging. I see us moving forward in one spirit and one mind without hindering unity, growth, and momentum. Because of multi-site churches, we will continue to grow horizontally. This means an entirely new kind of structure based on community and relationships. I believe in C3. After nearly 40 years, we are able to see the long-term fruit of what we've been doing for three generations. There are hundreds of examples of people being transformed and fulfilling the call of God on their lives. We have a culture in which people are able to settle into the journey of following Christ for a lifetime. We've seen a culture that creates legacy from one generation to the next. To continue to expand a Christ-centered, soul-saving, disciple-making, church-planning church, we all need to be committed to that legacy. Even though Chris and I know that this church and our movement will obviously outlive us all, we are energized and excited about right now and the future. God bless you. Ooh. It's a big vision. We're probably just shy of a thousand churches at the moment, but hey, there's still 11 months to go. <laughs> but I know what your thought might be this morning. It's like, that sounds huge. How can I be involved in something that's spanning the world, that has, has sort of a momentum and, and a, a prospect of looking at something totally worldwide? when we're just one church. Well, that's the thing, we are one church. And so as members of that church, we need to do what we can do as a church in our particular location, in our situation with our community to actually fulfill that vision. And one of the things that Pastor Phil mentioned was that is important for us is this whole idea of discipleship, that we are here to actually make disciples. Matthew 28, 18 speaks of Jesus when he came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're focused on making disciples. Notice it doesn't say believers. It doesn't say um, make people believe in Jesus. It actually says disciples. They're people who follow and do what Jesus has asked them to do. And so we're focused on doing that. The second important thing he mentions, I think is encapsulated in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19, where Paul is speaking about his 
his purpose and his, his methods of actually reaching people, where he says, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law, even though I'm not subject to the law. I did this so that I could bring Christ to those who are under the law. When I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. So like Paul, we're called to be as diverse as possible in our presentation of the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. So I love my church Sunday as a day of faith. We actually have to step out and do things differently. As Paul was saying, he, he doesn't do the same thing in every situation. He actually changes what he does, how he preaches the good news, depending on the situation he finds himself in. And so as a church, I believe we actually have to have the courage to actually have that faith inside of us to constantly evolve and update what we're doing to reach our community. And so at the end of the service, we're also going to ask you to put your faith into action by participating in the I Love My Church offering using the envelope which we have got when you came in this morning. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, towards the end. But I just want to talk to you about some of the things that we're doing, some of the things you can be involved in, some of the things that uh, hopefully will help you, uh, not only in your own walk with Jesus Christ, but possibly to encourage you to help other people in their walk or people who don't actually have a walk with Jesus to get involved in some of the things that we do as a church for our community. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the chapel service. Woo! Yeah, all of you who weren't there this morning because you're in this, this service. But we, have, we do have another service which sort of happens uh, without the knowledge of a lot of people who come to this service because it's probably before you're awake. Um, it starts at 8.30 and t today is the an one year anniversary of the launch of that service. And, and you might be... Oh, awesome, yes, come on. And you might be thinking, why do we have that service? Because it's not one I want to go to. Um, but the point is that there are some people who actually find the style of service that we have at 10.30, this one, a little intimidating. I mean, the music might be a bit loud. And there's that young, young Jared up the back who makes the lights flash and sort of, it, it's, it's bright. You see, he doesn't need much encouragement. Um, and sort of the, the, the vibe is, is exciting and possibly a little confrontational. And, you know, the pastor might, what if he jumps off the stage and comes towards me? There's something, it's, it can be nerve-wracking coming to the 10.30 service. And so we provided the chapel service as a slightly gentler way of introducing people to Jesus. It has a slightly different vibe to it. We play mainly acoustic style worship, so it's a little quieter. Uh, the, the, the message is presented in, in a, uh, perhaps a more meditative sort of way. And so it provides a different atmosphere for people to come to know Jesus Christ, who, whose taste is slightly different. Because we want to be, like Paul says, we want to be diverse in our approach. And so you guys might not be coming to the chapel service because you love what we have here at the 10.30 service, but you may know somebody 
who you know would be scared witless to walk in that door. But they would perhaps be a lot more at ease if they came to something that was presented uh, in a gentler fashion. Uh, or they're possibly there uh, as, uh, how did Brendan put it again? Um, <laughs> about the, uh, the uh, maturity of young at heart people who uh, perhaps are quieter young at heart people. Uh, but it's a different avenue for people to come to know Jesus and to actually experience their Christian walk. So I encourage you, it may not be for you, you may love what we have here, but you need to be praying for people who, who may not enter into a church in that sort of atmosphere, but may come to know Jesus by actually approaching it slightly differently. So that's, that's our, our chapel service. The only caveat there, of course, is we don't have a, a kids ministry operating there because we're having the service in the area the kids have their ministry. Um, but it offers not just the people of C3 Norwood a choice of time and style, but it's really an opportunity to offer the same thing to our non-going church, non-church going, family, friends, workmates and acquaintances. Um, and our aim, of course, is to grow that service. Um, so we encourage people to you know, help us build that um, by introducing people to that. Uh, this service, of course, is going to remain exciting, vibrant and uh, wonderful. Uh, it, it's going to be led as it has for the last year by Mathan and Carmen, who are our, our service coordinators for the 10.30 service. They have done a fabulous job over the last year and uh, we're so proud of what they've done and we're so trusting with what they're doing that we're going to let them continue in that role. <laughs> um, apart from services, I, mean, I, I think uh, in first impression, when people talk about church, and, and you may be the same, the first thing I think of is church is Sunday morning and a service. But church is far more than just Sunday morning services. It actually involves, and, and it started out uh, in the book of Acts, we can see that apart from going to the temple, you know, the disciples all met in people's houses in smaller groups and they prayed together and they took communion together and uh, they, they did all sorts of exciting things together. And so things that happen outside of Sunday are really important as part of church life. And uh, Pastor Phil talked about the, the grassroots level of, of small groups and connect groups. And our, our version of connect groups is something called dinner parties. And uh, we're excited about those. And I know that the people overseeing dinner parties are excited about it. And so I'm going to get Brendan and Kirsty to come up and tell you about their plans for 2020 and dinner parties. Yeah. Anyone love dinner parties? Awesome. That's half the people we've got the other half to win. Very good. Hey, yeah. Room for improvement, that's what I like. That's right. Tell well, us about two, it. two years ago, yeah. um, we started dinner parties in our um, then young adults ministry. So we moved from connect groups to dinner parties there. And we actually found that um, when we did that, a lot of people who were disconnected you know, from church or from connect groups at the time really got into dinner parties and yeah. got connected again. And that was awesome. So then last year, uh, we launched dinner parties church-wide um, and it was, it's been incredible. It's been a fantastic year. We've seen so many awesome things happening in dinner parties. We've seen people coming and having a great time together. We've found as well, you know, when people, when people come along to church for the first time, they get connected in a lot quicker than perhaps they used to when it was connect groups because who doesn't want to go and have dinner and hang out with people? And It's like it's, a, it's an easy invite, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So we found that in the past with connect groups, it might be a few months before somebody gets connected into a connect group after coming to our church. Yeah. And now it's like it's a matter of weeks. Like 
It'd probably be the first or second Sunday you get an invite to a dinner party. Yeah. So that's a great way of connecting people Getting in. People um, yep. I, I just wanted to share a little, about why, a little bit about why we do do dinner parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay John says that at the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. And so all of us kind of need fixing. He tells a story of uh, a man who was looking after his little daughter and wanted some time to himself. And so he wanted to figure out a way to distract her for a little while and he figured out a plan where he said come with me and he he flicked through a magazine and found a big double spread of the the map of the world and so he ripped the map of the world out of the magazine and tore it up into tiny little pieces and said to her I want you to act like it's a puzzle and put the world back together again. Uh, And he thought oh that'll occupy her for a long time and he went to go and do his own stuff but it wasn't long before she came back and said, Daddy, I've finished. And he said, surely not. So he goes and looks and sure enough, there she's put the, uh, the, the world map back together again. He said, how on earth did you do that? Like we haven't done any geography with you or anything. And she says, well, while you were flicking through the magazine, I saw that on the other side of the page, there was a picture of a man and a woman. And I thought, if I can put the man and the woman back together again, I can put the world back together again. And, and, and that is the heart of why we do dinner parties. Because to change the world, we do that one person at a time. And dinner parties is the environment in which those relationships can be formed, yeah. where people can encounter God and, and, and build relationships with others that are going to build community and put them in good stead for the future. And so Jesus modelled that perfectly uh, when he would constantly steal time away from the crowds and would go and spend time with his disciples, like his small group. And then those disciples continued that when they uh, interpreted what he meant them to do and kept growing the church. As Pastor Chris said, they met in the temple courts and then house to house. And so uh, we would love for you to, this year, uh, can consider how you how you can be involved in dinner parties if you're not already or if you already attend one maybe there's some form of involvement that you can take to the next level we don't want you to miss out on uh, that relationship and that discipleship that is available to you there I feel like as you said it's like there's two pillars of church life is services and groups and so you don't want to just get the one pillar because you have a lopsided house so um, so we would love for you to get involved, whether that's contributing to the meal, contributing to conversations, contributing to the relationship building. Or all of the above. Or all of the above. <laughs> we are talking about the future. We have a goal this year as a dinner party crew. At the moment, we have five dinner parties in our church. For our church size, we really need 10 dinner parties. And so each More dinner calories. party... What's that? More calories. Mm- yeah, yeah. Net calories will increase yeah. by a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So there need to be more people, otherwise we'll have to have connect groups for fitness. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. Uh, so, so looking to the future, every dinner party takes four dinner party crew. There are four roles that run a dinner party, a discussion leader, a host, someone doing hospitality, and someone doing follow-up. And so our goal as a dinner party crew this year is to increase our capacity. And that looks like growing the dinner party crew from 20, where we are at the moment, 
to 40 by the end of 2020. And that means that we, are, we need people to be raised up, people who catch the heart of dinner parties, who know what is great about dinner parties, catch the heart of it and increase your involvement. Uh, and that might be in any of those different ways. Mm -hmm. But also, if you feel God calling you to participate in a crew role, then you can speak to your dinner party crew and they can help you get plugged into uh, training pathways and, and ways that you can kind of be equipped yep. and learn to do that. Um, so that's good. We're actually, we started that goal 20 to 40 by the end of 2020. Uh, happy to report we're already at 23 <laughs> dinner party crew as of this Sunday since a week wow. and a half ago. Awesome. So if we continue at that trajectory... We might have to reset the goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, in March. We'll have to have another I Love My Church Sunday. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Okay. We're excited awesome. to increase that capacity. That Do you just want to finish by telling us how you yeah, can... Yeah, as, as Brendan mentioned earlier um, in, the, in what's on, that dinner parties are starting not this coming Wednesday, the following Wednesday, the 12th. And if you have never been to one, if you're uh, new here and you want to get plugged in, as Brendan said, find somebody you like. <laughs> uh, find someone you're connecting to after the service and, you know, find out where they go. Chat to a few people find out what's happening and and get involved. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> Whew, it's a, it's din I mean, if you want to go to a dinner party, just, I was going, no, I can't say that from the front. Um, <laughs> fine. Uh, one of the uh, um, most exciting and vibrant uh, ministries uh, not because it's better than any other ministry, it's just that the age group that they are, they tend to be more exciting and vibrant, of course, is youth. And uh, so the youth ministry is led by the irrepressible Cody Kautsky, and uh, he's going to come up now just to quickly talk about the youth focus for 2020 uh, in probably a very loud voice, so block your ears. And hopefully quick. Oh, no, he's, he, he's, being, he's being restrained. Yes, for now. Um, yes, yeah, so I just wanted to share with you uh, just a little bit about our honouring the past. So uh, as you just heard, uh, Brendan Kirsty launched dinner parties uh, church-wide at the beginning of last year, and they were also released from youth the year before so that they could do that. Um, so can we just honour them quickly? They're awesome people. Um, but that meant that I was uh, then put into the position of leading youth and we decided to follow the church's lead, um, follow their lead that we would do dinner for. Uh, it's not quite a dinner party. Uh, if you say dinner party to a young person, it's a lot different to what we do. So we call it dinner. The youth have to change the name for everything I know. But it's the same, but different. Um, so we, have, we did dinner for the entire year, um, mixed with going up to Adelaide Hills for a service. Um, and we found that we were impacting and building real relationships with our young people over the dinner table. Yeah, um, and on. we found that uh, our numbers were increasing and that we had on average, I won't give you the specifics, but on average we had a lot more people attend our dinner um, at dinner across the road than we did when we were going up to the hills. So, um, with the with the like the stats backing it, we I've, and it's been on my heart that uh, we're called to build this youth ministry. We're called to build the youth in this church, and by that we need to have real relationships with them, which we get over the dinner table. So for twenty twenty, um, we're actually not going up to the hills anymore, and uh, that's sad for some people, but exciting because we get to. 
build real relationships with people over the dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're doing dinner every single week. Yes, for youth leaders. uh, Yeah, that's fun because we're also quite poor. (laughs) Um, But that's okay. These guys are awesome. We love them and we want to invest in them. Um, Going into the future, uh, I just want to share with you that maybe, maybe you've seen this before maybe you haven't that this is a nice little angle of things that i've i've now experienced is that the biggest youth ministry in the world is the devils he has the most people in his youth ministry and we are fighting against that uh, through our dinner and we into the future we believe that we are going to see young people set free at dinner we're going to see young people empowered at dinner um we're also the, you know, there's different languages for different generations. Just, just a quick tip, the language of, our ne- of this generation rising up, the language of them is actually creativity. Wow. Just so you know, that's just a quick tip. So we're actually going to start empowering them in that as well. We're going to start doing music with them. We're going to start praying with them. We're going to start uh, have you. I've already seen young people up here worshipping, but we're actually going to have a band by the end of the year. Come on, (laughs) come on, hey. I won't be singing, you don't want to hear that. But we will empower them to do that um, because their language is creativity. Come on. You'll see that now, every time you see a young person, you'll see that. I'm not very creative myself, but I've got to be creative in creating an environment that breathes into their creativity. So technically I am creative then. Oh, there you yeah. go. Are, are you saying you're not a young person anymore? Uh, that's what I've been told. <laughs> but yes, yeah, wasn't, wasn't me. That's our. Uh, that's what we're dreaming for the future. To see young people released. Uh, we're over the dinner table, but we're also going to start breathing into their creative side as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Katie. Give them a hand. Come on. What's the uh, upper limit on youth again? Eighteen. I'm nearly there. Um, so, <laughs> of course, the, 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 youth, uh, the youth are actually intent on uh, stealing other members of our congregation, uh, mainly the ones from C3 Kids. Um, and they do that so well. We have the, the, as kids come to the end of their, their, their term in C3 Kids, as they start to get a bit older, they actually are ro- sort of champing at the bit to try and actually get out of C3 Kids and into youth. So there's a great dynamic there. Uh, somehow we've given kids the, mis- the misapprehension that, um, that they have the, the right to be in charge of the church when they get older. I don't know how this has happened, um, but it drives them with a passion. And so to talk about C3 Kids and Family, uh, Mason and Carmen are our family, young families directors and kids directors, and uh, I'm going to get Carmen up to tell us about their plans for 2020. Come on. Exciting. Really great, really great. Well, um, on behalf of Nathan and I, uh, we just want to share with you a little bit uh, about what's going to happen in uh, C3 Kids and Families in 2020. As Pastor Chris has mentioned before, our can uh, I, responsibilities. Yes, that? that slide has nothing to do with it. Can no, we get rid of that, please. Yeah. They're beautiful children, but they're not our children. None of those are in our our C3 Kids ministry. It's all right. So uh, our our responsibilities are are over uh, C3 Kids, our families, and and this service, and they all work together. Um, 
the amazing Ashley, my beautiful sister, uh, leads uh, C3 Kids with such a heart and passion. And 2019 was a great year in C3 Kids as we welcomed lots of new faces and worked with kids across a diverse age range, uh, helping them to come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ and establishing a foundation for their future. So as Pastor Chris said, they are ready, they're chomping at the bit to get into youth and they've got a foundation for their faith. So uh, as, we, as we make plans for 2020, uh, we continue to build on these foundations and our focus is on three key areas in C3 Kids. Have fun, make friends and meet Jesus. Having fun is one of the hallmarks of C3 culture and it is especially so in C3 kids. It is vibrant, it was fun, it is colourful. It is hard and, on the carpet. Uh, <laughs> it is hard on the carpet. That's why we got marine carpet. Yes. It, uh, it's surviving very well. Uh, so not just our holiday programs are fun but our term time curriculum is full of fun. Gross and fine motor play, sensory play, games, science experiments, all used to illustrate a topic, a key message from the Word of God. And uh, in, in that too, as I said, a place to make friends. We want C3 Kids to be a place where uh, kids build friendships that last a lifetime, just like I did in this place, where strong connections are built between the kids themselves. So we pray that they understand the significance of the two greatest commandments, love God and love one another and the connection between the two. And finally, we want to create a space where the kids encounter Jesus. There's no miniature Holy Spirit. There is just the Holy Spirit. And He is just as interested in filling them, in empowering them, and and making them dream dreams and see visions and speak in tongues. And this is, is, uh, we want to create an environment where the place is filled with the Holy Spirit every week. So... And of course, none of this can be achieved without the dedication and the heart of our C3 Kids volunteers. And we salute you this morning, those that are in here. Uh, Maith and Ash and I will be uh, making uh, new ways and looking for new ways to train and support and advance our volunteers in, uh, in, in our team in 2020. And we are really excited as we look to lo- bringing lots of new opportunities for new volunteers and new roles. And we're really excited. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a really Whoa. great year as we step out into some new things. And of course, um, in C3 Families, we, we look to... Um, support the whole family and beyond a Sunday. So we had a wonderful time of fun and community with our gatherings last year as we, and as we, we're going to look to build on those again this year, looking after the mums, the dads and the kids, the whole family unit. Our heart is to support them. No matter what shape your family takes, we are here for you. You know, it'll look slightly different each term with different things and creating different opportunities together. But our focus, Nathan and I, our heart is on fostering strong Christ-centred families in the context of a loving community. That is our real heart. And of course, that all culminates here on a Sunday morning and we're going to have lots of exciting things coming into this service. We're going to see the kids in here more. We're going to see the youth do creative things in this place. And uh, it's going to be a fantastic time for this church 
in the area of our kids and families and we're really excited. Awesome. Give Carmen a hand. That's fabulous. You know how sometimes when people speak, there's only one thing that sticks in your mind? Uh, all I can think of is gross motor skills. Because um, I've seen it, I've seen it, the tidy up over there and sometimes it is really gross. I'm not, I'm not sure that's connected with the motor skills or not, but um, it's, they, they have a great time over there. Um, and uh, the great thing about it is, is it's, it's memorable. And that's what we want. We want kids to actually mem remember in a good way um, what goes on in C3 Kids. So that, that's really encouraging. If you, need, if you want to get involved in, uh, in that area too, speak to Carmen. Um, but I'm going to talk a bit about volunteers in a moment. But one of the other important things, if you like, the, the third pillar of our church, because who knows that two pillars sounds a bit wonky. Um, but the third pillar is actually what, what we actually give out, what we call our beyond uh, program, which goes beyond the walls of our church. And so we, we, we started out 20 years ago, and, and uh, because I, I was a, a new pastor, I think every charity in South Australia must have known this. And so I, I, used, to get on, I used to be on the phone, and I'd get rung by everybody, guide dogs, uh, sort of can-do for kids, all, all these people, and, and, I, and I'd give them $5 here, $5 there, whatever, and finally Vicky <laughs> got on and said, next time you answer the phone, say no! Because what you're doing is you're not helping anybody because you're not making an impact in any single area. Um, it's just a shotgun approach and you're not doing what God's called us to do. Uh, you're just open to any bleeding heart that comes along and wants help. You've got to toughen up and decide what we're going to do. And so we have. We only have two missions areas. We have one that's local and one that's international. And we stick to that because we can actually impact those areas really strongly because we are focused on what we do. And so our local one is actually our local women's shelter, the Eastern District's Domestic Violence Centre. Uh, our biggest giving to them is at Christmas where we provide food hampers uh, as part of our Christmas giving uh, because very sadly they are often inundated with people over the Christmas break. Uh, and we don't give them Christmas hampers that just have lollies and stuff in them. Uh, we actually enable them to actually make a square meal out of what is in, in those hampers. And so that's, that's really appreciated. Uh, we donate pamper packs for Mother's Day. And we also contribute funds to their many projects in the residential part of their, their centre. Um, we'd love to show you what they're doing. But for security reasons, we can't show you any pictures of the inside there. But one thing I'd, I'd like you to do is to actually hear from the uh, director uh, of the, uh, the centre. And Vicky's actually going to read a letter that she's written us uh, over our past Christmas offering. I didn't write the letter. No. Uh, it just might have sounded like Sorry. that she's Sorry, I didn't she's mean written, to imply. Alison, who's um, the... Um what does she call herself? The community development manager. Right. She's I written to written to us as a church. It says, Dear Chris, Vicky and all the C3 congregation, once again, we send our heartfelt thanks to the C3 church community for their incredible support provided to our women and children over Christmas this year. These regular and generous donations have come in the form of Christmas hampers loaded with good quality ingredients for meals. Our work involves supporting women to re-establish their lives free of poverty and violence. Many of our clients leave abusive relationships with very few material possessions. 
When the community provide donations to our service, it benefits our clients enormously by building in their capacity to regain their confidence and self-esteem through gaining financial independence. Our seven domestic violence case managers are working with around 90 families and single women at any given time. We apply a multifaceted approach in the delivery of services that involves case management, crisis intervention counselling, access to extensive educational opportunities for both clients and professionals, advocacy and referral, and the building of partnerships that will benefit our client group. During the last financial year, we provided services to 242 women and 186 children. Our grounds that house 11 high security units sits on five acres of land, which we work hard to improve. And some of the funds that we have given them over a number of years have helped with those improvements. Once again, we could not possibly do this without the additional funds that come to us in the forms of donations from, uh, from people such as you and your church. Thank you to your church for their significant contribution, wishing you all the love and blessings for the coming year. So that's awesome. That is fabulous. No, you can take that with you. One of the really st sad statistics there, I don't know whether you picked up, was that although they looked after 242 women, there were 186 children in that mix. And do you know that although the government provides some support for the women, there is absolutely no support there is no infrastructure available for the children. And so they, the domestic violence centre here, and the Eastern District's domestic violence centre is unique in this, have to actually fund their own programs to actually help these kids going through trauma. And they are going through a lot of trauma. And so, you know, it, it's not just um, money that we're helping them with, it's not just food. We're actually building a relationship that is impacting children's lives uh, for, their, for their future as well. So it's, it's a, a very worthwhile cause that we're supporting there. So well done in what we've done and let's, we look forward to a great year in 2020. Our goal is not to support them at all because they're not needed. Their goal is to actually make themselves useless. Uh, and yet the trouble is that they're, they're needed more and more. And so our support is needed more and more. So we're going to continue to do that in 2020. The other one is, of course, Fiji, and we've heard from Di about uh, some of the things that happened in Fiji. In fact, that, that centre house here with all the people leaping for joy is actually um, Solo and Tala's house uh, that we built for them. Um, and so we've actually built seven dwellings in, in Fiji over the last seven years. Uh, some of those are in, in uh, uh, Solovi uh, village in uh, Nandi, uh, but others we've built for the people in Lovu Seaside Village, which is in Latoka, which is about 20 minutes north of there as well. So we've, we've done a bit in both areas, supporting both churches. And we aim to continue to do that this year. Now, notice I say aim to, uh, because uh, with, with increasing modernisation in Fiji has come the scourge that uh, everybody who owns a, a house and has tried to put up a backyard shed uh, in Adelaide has discovered there are council regulations and you have to get council approval before you can stick up anything in your backyard, um, or a house for that matter. And so the same thing is happening to us in Fiji. Uh, although our houses are built to uh, cyclone standard anyway, 
Uh, we now have to submit those plans to council and the councils in Fiji operate even more slowly than councils in Australia, um, which of course are lightning fast. Um, not saying anything against the council. Um, they are fabulous. The Nord Paynham and St Peter's Council is a wonderful organisation. Um, but uh, because we're waiting on council approval, the, the tentative date for us going this year is August. Um, but we will uh, know well before then if it's a go or not, and so we'll let you know. Um, but we're hoping that uh, something happens. If not, it will just enable us to save a bit more money uh, for next year when, uh, praise God, the council approval will be through. Um, we're also sponsoring uh, the children from Lobu Seaside Village for their schooling. Um, as you can see behind me, uh, uh, the kids there get a, a school uh, allowance uh, and $100 a week um, basically covers uh, one child for a whole year for all of their schooling, books, everything else, their uniform and shoes. So if you think, you know, you try and go and uh, buy kids' shoes for less than $100 uh, at the moment, you won't get that. And so it's uh, something we support just nearly every child, I think, in, in that village um, because uh, it's easy, easy for us to do. So they're, they're the, the two parts of our Beyond program where we, we're helping uh, physically in Fiji. And, and if, if you think Fiji is a holiday destination, um, it can be. But if you come with us on a building project, you'll discover that there's something far deeper, far more um, real than that facade that we often see about Fiji. Uh, you get to meet wonderful Fijian people who are actually living in poverty, but you would not know from their attitudes. Uh, and we can actually do something really helpful for them. We can form bonds with them because we're working with the local church. Uh, over the last seven years, we've got to know the people in Fiji who are not just our brothers in Christ, but our friends as well. So it's, it's a really, really exciting thing to do. So if you're thinking about it, I encourage you to get involved. Now, the other thing is, the important thing that people have alluded to but haven't mentioned is this whole idea of volunteers. We could not do what we do without volunteers. We can't run services, small groups, uh, prayer meetings, anything else without people volunteering their time and their effort. And we are incredibly, incredibly grateful for all of you who volunteer. Um, yes, come on. Now, one of the tensions that we face as a church is that especially with new people coming in, is that we want to give people an experience that enables them to focus on connecting with God without the mechanics of running the service distracting them. But the problem with that is if we do this too well, people comment that things are working so well, there's no room for amateurs like them. And so this morning, uh, I asked Jord if he would stuff up the opening number <laughs> just to show that we can make mistakes. And I, I asked the people on the slides to put some random ones up there so that I could point it out, just so that people don't get the impression that we do things perfectly, because we're all amateurs at this, and getting involved, we, we aim for excellence, but far more important is the idea of involvement. And so if you feel that you can step up as well as we've done this morning, then please volunteer. Um, it, it's not actually a goal of ours. <laughs> um, but, you know, the satisfaction that people get from being involved in church life is immeasurable. Um, and 
So that's, that's why I believe volunteering is important. It's not just a question of doing a job, it's actually being involved in something which is bigger than ourselves. So uh, you can, if, if you feel inspired, you, there's a, there are forms up the back that you can fill in and put in the offering basket uh, to uh, volunteer for a volunteering role. Um, or you can go onto our website and fill in an online form which will be sent to our volunteer coordinator who would love to uh, get you doing something that you enjoy and that we uh, absolutely need people to get involved in and stuff up with because that's what it's all about. Uh, the, other, the other important thing, uh, Brendan's already mentioned this, prayer. We really want to encourage people to have a vibrant and, and uh, real prayer life. Um, and so while we encourage you to have your own private daily prayer devotional time, we also encourage you to come along and support us as a church uh, by getting involved in our all-in prayer uh, on Wednesday night. And as Brendan again said, 5th of January, this is three days away. So you've got three days to pray to see whether God wants you there. Um, but you can save some time. I've already asked. He said yes. Um, so come along. They're great times of actually praying together. You know, we're going to start this year by praying, praying in 2020, praying about what we're believing for this year, praying for the goals and, and the dreams that God has put in our hearts to actually build his kingdom in C3 Norwood in 2020. Preaching. Yes, we are going to preach this year. Um, I know so far it seems we've had two breakfasts, two panels, and an I Love My Church Sunday. Um, and you sort of think, well, okay, did they preach the word of God in this church or not? Um, I'm starting off. Uh, we're going to have several people preaching throughout the year, and we're, we're all going to preach a short series, probably two to three Sunday, Sundays at the most. If, if I get really excited, I might preach four. If I'm on fire, it just might go on forever. But uh, the, the first of, of sort of started the first one, we're going to have a, a, a preaching series on the word God, uh, as Brendan said, and it seems a bit, I've left it open, haven't I? God. Yep. I could preach for years without stopping. But the, the, the subtext of that was going to be, uh, God, who is this dude? Um, because I believe that there's Lots of different aspects to God. The first one is, and, and Christians never mention this when, when they first introduce people to Jesus, because it, it's terribly confronting uh, to say, yep, yeah, we believe in, in God, but we believe in three of them, but he's only one. Um, and people automatically, their eyes glaze over and you think, oh, okay, perhaps I didn't do that that well. Um, but that, that, that is a, a fact of uh, who our God is. And how, how do we explain how God can be one but three, three different aspects of God? And so we'll be delving into that. But for those of you uh, who aren't interested in that aspect of it, because you're more into the relationship, how does God have a relationship with us? What, what does that look like? So we'll be looking at different aspects of who God is and how God interacts with our lives uh, from a, a cosmic point of view, sort of some people love you know, how God created the universe and some people just want to know what God is saying to them this very day. And so we're going to go into all of those things. So come along. Uh, it may not change your theology, but it could possibly change your dogma. If you don't know what that it is, go and look it up. Um, so finally, we, we come to our offering. Uh, our I love my church offering. And you may be scratching your head thinking, well, what, what's, what's it for? Do I have to do this? Uh, is this compulsory? Uh, do I put my name on it? No. This is, this is a free will offering. In other words, you're free to give into it and you're free to ignore it. But the idea behind it is what we call a seed. If you've been inspired, if you've been um, 
if something resonates with you about what we've talked about this morning, you want to get, get involved in, in missions or, or you want to get involved in C3 Kids or youth or, or, or you, you want to be the, be the one who sort of brings the good stuff to dinner parties because, you know, there's good stuff. So I think in the alternate weeks we'll have connect fitness groups so that we can indulge in the good stuff one week and then run it off the next. Um, but if, if it's resonated with you and you want to be involved, we believe that if you take things to God, start things in prayer, then things really kick into gear. But if you, if you put your faith on the line, if you say, look, I'm, I'm actually going to plant a seed, an offering into this because I believe that out of what I plant, God can grow something. And you know, as I, as I said in the offering message, in Matthew 6.21, it says, wherever your treasure is, the desires of your heart will also be. And so this is a way of actually stepping out in faith in telling God here, I am prepared to actually put something of myself, of my, my sweat and my, my effort into making sure that the plans that you have for your church are going to come to pass. That I want to be part of that. I want, to, I want to actually be part of planting a seed which is going to see fruit in the kingdom of God in the future. I want us to pray right now that this is, this is a seed. This is the beginning of something. This isn't the end of something. This is the start. And so Lord, I thank you that for everybody here who's planted a seed, that as we water it, as we put our faith and our trust in you to see what grows from that, that miracles are going to happen. Expectations are going to be met. That our faith and our trust in our Heavenly Father is going to yield dividends that are beyond anything we can imagine. Lord, we see souls. We see areas taken for the Kingdom of God. We see people's lives transformed and changed by your power through our faith. So Lord, this morning we give you the glory and the honour as we trust and believe for our future in 2020 in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.